so episode three of Bearcat Recap, uh, recapping the Houston game uh, about an hour and a half after it ended. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cincinnati wins 38 to 10. By the way, I'm Alex talking with my dad, Jim. Um, 38 to 10, basically not much different from the Memphis game. I mean, defense dominates the running game. Well, no, Memphis, the passing game was a little more. This was pretty much like 80% the running game that just opened it up and blew it open. Um, but I think we've gotten to the point with the team where after what they've done the last two games, you know, in a vacuum at the beginning of the season, if someone said, oh, yeah, UC is going to play Houston and beat him 38 to 10, folks would take that 10 times out of 10 and they'd say that's awesome. And now I think it's kind of like, no, this is good. We're doing exactly what we should be doing, taking care of business. It's not jump on the roof of your house and dance around. That is fantastic. But we are handling the business we we need to handle it, even with some folks banged up. We are still, um, I think, pretty highly effective. Yeah. So there was no Alec Pierce, no Arquan Bush, no Bruno LaBelle today. Um, All pretty much – Pretty sure those are all injuries. I don't think any of those are COVID-related. Um, I know Pierce, it's the shoulder injury. I think Bush was a, a concussion or maybe a neck injury. And I think LaBelle is – I think LaBelle, he's still nursing that could be the – That could be more lengthy. Yeah, he was of them all. nursing the knee injury from uh, SMU. But, you know, Jared Doak, 16 carries, 184 yards. Ritter, 12 carries, 103 yards, four, six carries, 43 yards. Um, you know, the guards, I think early on we were all kind of curious, like, you know, not having much success running up the middle. You know, the tackles were fine. Hudson and Harper were great. But, you know, what were those guys in the in the middle doing? And I think ever since Renfro took Jakari's, Jakari Robinson's spot, I mean, things have really changed. I mean, it was Renfro, O'Quinn, and McConnell. Uh, they've just been – they've been great. They've been opening up holes. McConnell threw that great block that uh, allowed Dokes to run for 74 yards on the opening drive of the game. Um, so, yeah, they've been they've been phenomenal. I mean, the whole line as a unit has been great, but I don't, I don't know if there was something else you wanted to talk about regarding um, everything. The, uh, 39 carries for 342 yards and 8.8 yards average. I mean, Dokes 11 and a half, Ritter 8. You know, I mean, and even Jerome Ford over 7 yards a carry. I mean, we pretty much did what we wanted to do running the ball today. And, um, you know, starting the second half, you know, even though we only got a field goal out of it, just I think dominating them at the line of scrimmage, even though it's a relative dink and dunk sort of scenario, just to burn nine minutes off the clock and kick a field goal. You know, if, you know, you look at the Houston at the end of the first half, you know, they sped things up. And I think the Cincinnati defense was a little confused when they scored their touchdown Um, and the plays leading up to the touchdown. And it feels like to me that we just said, we are not going to even, give them a taste of trying to speed up anything. We are just going to drag right. this sucker out and exhaust them mentally. So 
Um, <laughs> no, I, th- I thought it was I thought it was a really good performance. I have no idea though. Is Houston's offensive line good? I mean, their defense I think is broadly kind of considered a mess. Um, uh, I mean, for the all, AAC. their offensive line. Well, I don't know their offensive line. You can talk about that tweet. Um, yeah, yeah, from yeah. the tackle, the uh, yeah. Houston tackle. I forget his name. It was like um, he basically. It's like it's like a G, but it's not. Yeah. Um, so basically, here we go. Ruben Unijay. Uh, so just so I guess it was like some reporter. Yeah, the Houston uh, Houston's beat writer for the Houston Chronicle that covered the game um, was said um, at the beginning. You know, he's really going to have his hands full or something like that. He was says pre Houston left tackle Ruben Unijay, who is starting for Patrick Paul, has his hands full against Cincinnati pass rush. Nightmare, my J Sanders, and the Una J replied, "Who had they hands full? I gave up no sacks." <laughs> and and my comment, and my comment to that was, "Bro, your team had ninety five yards of offense in the whole second half. Pump the brakes on whether or not you had your hands full. Um, just because you didn't give up any, give up any te- that doesn't sacks mean, doesn't yeah. doesn't yeah. mean you actually played well." Right. I mean, um, my J was still running free a lot and that just allowed other guys to get sacks. You know, and like frankly, Gardner and frankly, stuck Clayton tune early in the game. Just absolutely. Boom. I mean, uh, and a lot of that was cause my J was drawing was uh pressuring from the other side. So. And this certainly looked like they were a mess of holds on Houston that oh were not God, called. Yeah. And um, I don't know if he was the guy that got the hold call. Um, that, that didn't mean anything. I, mean, I think it was a third down play and we stopped him, but there was a holding call oh, yeah, on, yeah, on a yeah, near yeah. sack. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. 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 It was, um, that it might've been him. Cause it, it looked, I know it was that left side, but I don't know. It might've been the guard, but like, I mean, Holger, I feel like Holgerson's just, there's a lot of channeling tubs right now. Like he might just be picking up a check. Uh, it's a big check. It's a no. big check. Yeah. 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 So, uh, I did want to talk about Dez. I think Dez, I mean, he had a good game, obviously, uh, mostly running the ball. I thought his pass to Wiley was great. It was kind of like the anti-pass when he played against uh, – what. well, he did have a great pass against USF to Wiley, but there was a pass he threw to Jayshon Jackson where it was like, why are we throwing it to the five ten guy? Like, why are we throwing a fade mm-hmm. to the five ten guy? Mm-hmm. But then that was like perfect. A high point of the ball. Uh, great catch by Wiley. He got both feet in. It would have been good in the NFL. Um, I thought that was great. Uh, but the deep ball misses are back after hitting the deep balls last week. You know, you had uh, Leonard Taylor who was open on a trick play. Um, and he completely, you had a uh, you, you had the them. kid who was the transfer yeah the kid who the yeah, transfer Jones. Jordan Jones deep ball completely missed him and was it Jackson that you yeah. had down the sideline yeah J- the other so Jason Jackson yes he dropped it but he threw it over the wrong shoulder and Jackson had to adjust to it and it was like yeah. he had to relocate yeah. the ball and he dropped it don't get me wrong he did drop it yeah, yeah it's a drop but it wasn't it, like the pass wasn't perfect the um, the, the you know there's like. Good and bad, and you don't want to harp on the bad. The good is he is playing with a lot of confidence. Yeah, his ability to 
and they mentioned on the broadcast, it's like just know exactly when pressure's coming and getting yeah. away. Yeah. His feel for pressure at this level it is, was, is yeah. quite good. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, good. you know, running the run pass, when to run, when not to run. Mm-hmm. Excellent. And, and if you're dinking and dunking and staying probably 15 yards or less, he's got a, his success rate is good. He's got to be able to hit something long. I know he hit the long one with Alec Pierce. Um, at the same time, you know, did Alec help him out a lot there? There was that oh, one yeah. pass that uh, Dokes caught on fourth down, yeah, which was pass. more yeah. a, like a extreme bit of a bailout on mm-hmm. Dokes' part for yeah. Ritter. And it's like, okay, man, I'd really love to see you tighten up your accuracy. Yeah. Probably need to really pay attention to that, you know, playing against the UCF or whatever the championship game might be, or yeah. more importantly, when you're playing – in the whatever the P6 the bowl, Six if not, yeah, in the New Year's Six Bowl, if not, and I highly question even if they run the table with a couple two loss SEC teams, does UC get the invite? My impression well, is probably no. Well, um, the thing is, so he also had the sideline deep ball that was the free play that he again throws on the inside, it gets picked, and it's like, dude, how many times do you have to get picked? throwing it on the inside, like throw it to the outside. Like either your guy gets it or goes out of bounds. Like if he misses those passes and it goes out of bounds, I'd rather have that than a pick. It's those ones where guys are running free down the middle, have their guys beat by two, two, three steps. And like, he just throws them over, like overthrows them by 15 yards almost. And and I don't want to sound like I'm, and I also don't want to sound like I'm hard. Shit. We won 38 to 10 and he's looked really good the last three weeks. Yeah. The reason, but but it's really just about how does he, if if we're gonna beat the big boys, right? That and he's gonna throw a pick. Okay, he's perfect. He's gonna what? But you got to hit. He's not gonna be perfect, right? I understand that. But at at some point, guys are gonna be open. You gotta come close to hitting these long ones. Yeah, and not like for you're missing it by three four yards. Yeah, um, that's the thing. Seems to happen more often than it should. You're be. not going to get like yeah. eight chances to hit a deep ball against Georgia, Florida, Notre Dame. It's not going to happen. Right. You'll get right. two or three chances, and you got to hit. That's why I talk about it. Like some people probably think I'm being negative. It's not that I'm being negative. It's just that when you're going to play, like the goal of this team. Yes, you know you talk about the college football playoff, and like you said, we'll you know there's a lot that needs to happen for us to get there. But if we if we win the conference, we're probably in good position to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. I say that just because I'm being overly cautious and I don't want to jinx anything. But, like, yeah, when you get there, you are going to play a team like UF, Georgia, Notre Dame. And, you know, if a Pac-12 team goes undefeated, maybe you play, like, Oregon or some I don't know. Or, like, you play – I mean, you're not going to play Penn State this year. They're 0-3. Uh, I'll get to that later. But, like – you're going to play a team with better athletes. And the other thing about Dez is that, yes, Dez, he, he does a lot with his legs. And he can do a lot with his legs against better teams. But the thing I was talking about with Dez, and I think this is going to be the difference between him and whenever Prater starts, is Dez is fast. He does not accelerate like a freak athlete. Like, he's not accelerating the way, like, you know. Right. Like, remember when Greg Ward, and I know Greg Ward is a wide receiver in the NFL now, but Greg Ward led Houston to beat Oklahoma. That's because Greg Ward was basically like baby Lamar Jackson. Cause he's just a, he can, he is a burner playing quarterback. Dez isn't a burner. He's just not, he's fast and he can do a lot. And you saw what he could do today. I mean, 
like you said, the long the, strides. Yeah, the pocket presence today was like perfect because I'm like I was waiting for him to just. Yeah, he got tripped up. He lost the yard. It's like nope. He didn't, didn't take it. Didn't. I don't even think he took a sack. No, like he knew exactly. Or, or like a was. one yard, like a one yard loss on a run. Yeah, no, yeah. Like I mean, every time he got out, like he was <coughs> gaining yards, which I was really happy to see. It means his presence has gotten a lot better. But obviously, when he's playing with confidence, he is. I mean, he is, and he's playing loose. Like he's really, he really like puts on a show. Um, mm-hmm. uh, you know. I think a lot of those little, like you said, dink and dunk passes um, were just – I thought Denbrock called a really good game today. Uh, I always kind of shit on him, so I need to give him praise when he deserves it. Um, but I'm trying to think who – it was good to see kind of everybody involved. You know, Jay Sean, I know he, he dropped – not the long pass, but he dropped like one of those really easy like where they just – leak out on an RPO and they're like the first option at the line of scrimmage and Jay Sean just mm-hmm. dropped that pass. I'm like, okay, dude, like get it together a little bit. But, and I think the next play that led to the dokes one handed catch, um, uh, you know, special teams, James Smith was great. Again, it was nice to see Cole Smith kick a field goal. Cause I'm like, yep, he's going to need to do that probably in a really big game, maybe a big game that's coming up in two weeks. But, uh, mm-hmm. The defense was great. Wiggins went out early with a stinger. That's what kind of the is word. The official, is that the official word? I don't think word? that's the official word. I think Chad said he heard down on the field it was basically a stinger. So Fickle, when interviewed, said he could have potentially come back if he needed to this game. Yeah, okay. That's good. Um, and then and, – and really what that tells me is <clears> – <throat> I think everything's getting targeted for UCF at this point because well yeah like Alec Pierce if he if Alec Pierce is healthy next no week no sense play. right there's no sense well I mean if he's healthy healthy sure he'll play but if he's like you know I could probably use another week but I could play if I need to he won't play right Bush yes get healthy we'll definitely need him against UCF yeah don't play. Um, and and if it's better off that Wiggins doesn't play against UCF, fine. Don't play against uh, don't play against ECU. You mean ECU? Um, yeah, I meant ECU. Don't play against ECU. Um, we've got a lot of weapons. We've got a ton of depth. Um, luckily, in a lot of these areas where we're a little banged up, and I think we'll figure it out against ECU. Um, so, so it's really just take care of business against ECU, and we got to go to the bounce house. So he goes out with Stinger. Hicks comes in, and there's basically – I mean, I Hicks always seems to just get a turnover somehow. Like, I mean, he recovered the fumble on the kickoff at the end of the half. Uh, you know, Taj Ward and Brian Cook, they were solid. I know there were a couple mm-hmm. deep passes. I mean, I'm not too worried about it. Um, yeah, it was weird to see Kobe get crossed up on that one play. I mean, it happens, yeah. but he's usually glue. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that, that was, you know, it was one play. I mean, I'm not going to. Yep, yep, yep. I'm not going to get all crazy about it. My J again was great. Amar Gardner was great. Ty Van Fossen, like, I'm not worried when DeBlanco graduates. No, we'll be fine. Van, <laughs> we will oh be my okay. God, that guy plays hard. Like, I mean, he, he comes in and it's literally like, oh, he's like when Fickle and Freeman and all of them talk about 1A, 1B, like he is truly 
a one B. Yeah. Like he he seems like super instinctual sort of player. I mean, yeah. I mean, he's uh, he seems to have just a real natural feel. Uh, next week is ECU. I certainly hope this goes a lot better gotta, than last year. Just got to be sure we don't get punched in the face. Yeah. So Mike Houston, <laughs> who coached at your alma mater, JMU, is known for giving ba, 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 these ba, 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 ba. giving these very uh, fire and brimstone type speeches. And his go-to line is, strike them in the face! Yes, and, yes. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, he, uh, I just hope. He can not- coach, you know, he took his, um, he took his offensive staff from JMU. Um, they can coach some offense. Yeah. So, well, yeah, and, we saw and not that we saw it last year. Yeah. When we were sweating yeah. out. Good God, that game. So, and, and we were texting earlier. I said, I bet you ECU throws 20 on, uh. Uh, UC, and not that UC doesn't potentially score forty, but um, I know that I know that ECU is going to do some stuff, and it's hard. I can't imagine that we aren't even a little bit going to be looking ahead. If they only give up, the if, only... you know, if they only get if they give up thirteen or less, then fantastic. But I'm just saying, it, I would not be highly disappointed if they score twenty, because you know it's a little bit of human nature. I and mean, the, this is – I think Houston is – I think they can probably coach some offense over there. So The only reason I – I wouldn't say disagree. I'll, I'll say doubt a little bit. The only reason I doubt that a little bit is because Freeman just – he has a knack yeah, for, like, the rematch. And I know we won that game last year. But I'm sure he's telling them, like, you remember what they did last year. I mean, they put up – they scored 43 against our defense last year. And I like I know he's telling them that yes, a little bit of human nature. Um, yeah, I mean I, I'm worried about a little bit of a letdown too. Not in the sense that oh my god we might lose. Although no, no, no. I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah. Just just looking ahead a little. That's all. But I, I was looking at the highlights of that game a couple of days ago, like uh, on YouTube, and literally like whole nailers was just just making these throws just out of his ass. Like what I like literally he'd be halfway to the ground just flipping it up goes right to his guy and that was the game where they really picked on Kobe like Kobe got picked on big time that game uh but like it's like is he really gonna make all these throws again you know uh so there's that but I'm sure Freeman has something dialed up uh but uh so do you want to talk about the commits first or yeah I I think I know what you're talking about so yeah let's talk or or what you want to talk about commits last well, I was going to talk about commits think? and then coaching. It was, or not like coaching jobs. Um, oh, let's talk about let's let's talk about commits first. Okay, so yesterday, Melvin Jordan committed uh, the twenty twenty two class. He's a twenty twenty two recruit from Florida. He's part of the vaunted Savage Seven, which was a graphic. I guess the use the athletic department put out. Uh, there's this seven-on-seven team made up of mostly guys from Texas, but there's, like, a guy from California. There's two guys from Florida and and uh, a guy from – wait, is it two from Georgia, two from Florida, one from Cali, two from Texas, I think? And we've gotten three of the seven. We got Mumu Bin-Wahad, who's a corner, Randy Bobo Masters, who's a wide receiver, uh, mm-hmm. and now we got Melvin Jordan, who's a linebacker. Um, and so Jordan and masters are four star, four star guys. 
Mumu is a three is on he's there's no ranking for him now, but it's projected he's gonna be a three star guy. Um on twenty four seven at least. So uh so we got him yesterday and then literally like an hour ago we found out we got Zaquai Lawton, who is a 6'3", 240-pound defensive end from West Virginia. He's a 2021 recruit. He's probably one of the last recruits for this class. Yeah, projected uh, second-best player in the state of West Virginia. Um, Top 40 strong side defensive end. Yeah. Pretty high high three-star. Yeah. 6'3", 240. So... Um, a bunch of P5 uh, offers from like legit P5. You know, yeah, West Virginia, Oregon, Virginia, Indiana, ne- Nebraska. Yeah, bunch of bunch of places. So Melvin Jordan, I know Melvin Jordan. He was committed to Florida State earlier this year. He decommitted, reopened up, reopened his recruit recruitment. And now he's committed to the Bearcats. Uh, well, I mean, I don't. Other than being crazily impressed. And keep like the staff just seems to one up themselves every year. I mean, if I don't, I don't think they're going to get all seven of the Savage Seven because like the quarterback that's in there and the wide receiver that's in there. Okay, so hold tight. Yeah. Because okay, yeah, Savage Seven is twenty two. So yeah, they're twenty two. Um, so the there is Zaquai Lawton committed. Um, multiple people on the board are saying there's another what appears to be 2021 to commit tomorrow so Lawton wow, 2021 was not 2021 no Lawton's 2021 hey. all right we're back yes uh so but we were talking about the i said Zaguay lot is Lawton. he is a 2021 guy but you're saying tomorrow it's going to be a 2021 guy as well so there's something floating around the social media that seems to imply there's a 2021 to hit tomorrow Okay. And we theoretically have what about four spots left? Uh, something like that. I think uh, Zaquilon was the twenty-first commit, so yeah, four spots. Okay. So, but who knows? But who I don't knows? know if they're going to keep stuff open for possible transfers, or you know, who knows? Um, but yeah, uh, I didn't know if you wanted. I mean, I think I already said it, but the Savage Seven stuff. I don't know if they're they get all seven, but it'd be pretty crazy if they got like five of those guys um, right but right like for example i don't know if they get the quarterback if they get the receiver i don't know if they get those guys but again it's you know it's so far out i mean those guys they're 2022 guys um, so there's so. a name let's put it this way the name for tomorrow is definitely 2021 on the boards from mm-hmm. the name i heard it's not a guy that has been highly discussed in, on this board so you know who knows all right um um, I'll, I'll comment about the Savage Seven. I mean, the profile of the linebacker appears just based upon his size, though I have not seen any film, you know, speaks to filling that Perry Young, Jarrell White role. Um, you know, outside linebacker, not super tall, but likely is hyper athletic, can cover, isn't afraid to, uh, you know, put his nose in. Um, you know, right. exactly the sort of linebacker you need in the game today. Linebacker with, um, safety, in the grand scheme of things, safety, yeah, linebacker like, with yeah. safety, safety build, safety size, but um, you know, strong enough, or certainly projects to be strong enough to be able to get in there and and lay the wood on people. So, yeah, um, I trust, things- I trust, I trust them. <laughs> Four yeah. star ain't too bad. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, 
Well, he's what our highest rated defensive commit of all time in the program history. That's correct. Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the, th- you know, because the future linebackers seem to be obviously stuff happens, but seem to be the Deshaun Pace, Jaheim Thomas, David Jones. Those seem to be like the three guys. But so, is, is, is Jaheim Thomas, um, is he uh, a true linebacker or is he sort of the stand-up and that my Jai appears to be right now, or at least is able to stand up? Um, is he... um, I'm not really sure. I mean, the only – his size was the, was the Austin P guy. Yeah, he's like 6'4". But his size whatever. screams – his size screams my Jai. He's, I think he's 6'4". He was going about 215 in high school. I know my Jai came in at like 200 or 205. He came in like super light. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know, we'll, but we'll whatever. See. We'll see. I think we'll be okay. He was a four star, right? Yeah, yeah. Ooh, my J or Jaheim? Jaheim, my J wasn't. Jaheim was. Uh, but it's yeah. like Deshaun Pace definitely seems to be that safety linebacker hybrid. Um, because he played safety in high school, but it seems like he's definitely going to be a linebacker. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, but I wanted to talk about some of the hot seats, the coaching jobs around. Like, yep, I wouldn't even say around the country really as much as it's just the Big Ten because you got Harbaugh losing again this time to Indiana. Um, so he's one and two. James Franklin yep. and Penn State they lose to Mich. Uh, sorry, not Michigan, Maryland, Maryland, Maryland. Oh, and three. And they're zero and three, and and Maryland just worked. Yeah, them. to his like, brother, and and to his brother's good. I mean, I don't want to take anything like uh, I don't want to oh, say yeah. like man, they got worked by a crack. They got worked by a crap team because you know he he looks like he's pretty I damn mean, good. Mar- that said, Maryland is is not has been the dregs of the Big Ten, and to get worked like that is a terrible look. I wonder though. Anyway, I I think I know the path you're going down. I've got a broader statement. Yeah. To so the only reason I bring that up is look, I don't think Fickle's going to Penn State or Michigan. I definitely don't think he's going to Michigan. Penn State, eh, you know. Think about it a little bit, but mm-hmm. I'm saying you would give that more consideration than Michigan. I really don't think he's going to Michigan because he's such an Ohio State lifer. I know he was on Spain and Fitz, uh, which is ESPN, Sarah Spain, whatever awful time slot they have on every night for ESPN radio. And like Spain, Sarah Spain is, but she's a Michigan fan and she's, they're talking about his success in saying, and she basically like asked him like, would you ever consider Michigan? And it's, he's like, um, I'm the coach of Cincinnati Bearcats that I'm not even thinking about another job. Like why, almost like a, why would you even ask that question? Like I couldn't right. like, but, but he's not going to say F off, go to yeah, hell. No. I mean, he's going to be job. but basically <laughs> like our, like our newly esteemed Senator oh from God, the state of Alabama. Like, that. <laughs> so <laughs> he, uh, I'm just, it's interesting just to see because the prevailing notion is if Ohio State or Notre Dame come open, those are the jobs like he's going to leave for. Um, and then there was a interview with Stephen Godfrey that Chad Brendel had on ESPN 1530 where they were talking about those jobs. And I know Stephen Godfrey was like was basically saying, you know, he doesn't think Ryan Day is going to the NFL. He think Ryan he thinks Ryan Day is going to stay at Ohio State. Uh, but you know, you can. I, it, it's just interesting to see what's going to happen with 
Michigan and Harbaugh, because I think Harbaugh is more likely to be gone than Franklin. Because I think Franklin, I think, I think Penn State will probably. I mean, I think they'll probably still be like four and four or five and three or whatever in their eight game schedule that they play. Um, if nothing gets canceled, that is. But go ahead. I, uh, I, I, I don't know what it's going to take for Fickle to leave. Um, you know, he has historically been a state of Ohio employee, so he's somewhat bought into their pension plan. I can only imagine. Yeah, I looked that up. State of Ohio, state of Ohio pension plans are based upon like some metric of your average salary. Yeah. So um, it's over whatever years. <laughs> so, go ahead. Yeah. It's like, uh, the average salary of your last, like, yeah, it's like your average salary over like 30 years plus like a certain percentage. I don't know. I got to look it up again, but I did look it up. But it's you have to reach the 30 year mark, and he's basically at he's at he's next year it'll be 20. Is he at like 20? Yeah, it'll be at 20. Yeah. Because he was at Ohio State, and, he was at Akron, back to Ohio State, now he's at Cincinnati. And if he can, uh, I mean, if. And I'm not foolish enough to think he's going to ride us out for 10 years, but why would you leave the state of Ohio if you could potentially pension out at half a million bucks a year? Yeah, that'd be pretty. <laughs> for the rest of your life? And And while money, frankly, isn't going to be an issue, at the same time, you know, the university is has found other money from boosters outside of the athletic budget to pay him. And if he's going to be able to continue to recruit like this, and if this somehow leads to – Cincinnati making a leap to a major conference, you know, I, I, I think the, I think the path we want to try to emulate from like city, you know, city affiliated uh, university into a major conference. Uh, I'll take out the ridiculous level of success they had at that window of time was, you know, university of Miami, who was kind of a nothing school until uh, Schnellenberger kind of took them over. But um yeah, and all of a sudden they weren't independent. They thumped everyone and their brother. They were quasi Big Easty, and then they are now a member of the ACC. Um, I don't see why UC can't take a pass similar to that. Just here we know, go. You know, two point two percent of final average salary multiplied by the first thirty years of service plus two and a half percent of final average salary for each year, or partial year for service credit over thirty. And and that two point two percent is the monthly nut. Yeah, it is yeah, not. Yeah. Um, that's not like the. Annual no, it says pay. plan consists of an annual lifetime allowance equal to. Oh yeah, okay. My, yeah, annual lifetime allowance equal to two point two percent of final average salary multiplied by the first thirty years of service, plus two and a half percent of final average salary for each year. Yeah. So, right now, think about that: two and a half percent of the final average salary for each year. So it's like okay, oh, okay. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm just saying there's a bunch of financial reasons for him to want to stick it out over and above, uh, to stay with us. And frankly, if, if he, if fickle stays with UC, there's no re and recruits continues to recruit at this level or better, um, and really becomes, you know, essentially Huggins like in attention, um, um, uh, what, what's, what's, what's the profile yeah. Uh, try to find the right word in the city of Cincinnati. Why the hell wouldn't you stay? Um, stay? Yeah. Six um, kids, three point four million a year. Yeah, and and frankly, that success will go up. I'm sure there will be more boosters to Jack, 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 and 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 it's going to be beyond 
um, fickle saying I want money. It's like, look, I got to be able to hire talent to get in here and I need to expand recruiting budget and resources assistant and things pool. like that. So, well, assistant pool, but also probably other resources. And it's really going to be, Hey, John Cunningham, see your challenge. Right. Not that I don't, th- not that I don't think he's up to it because shit, he made this. Right. Right. So, um, you know, I think, I think there's a, I think there's a good opportunity. Well, now it's one thing to talk about fickle. It's another thing to talk about Marcus Freeman. Marcus Freeman. Yeah. yeah. And I think that is where I would be – I would frankly be surprised if he stuck – you know, if, if UC ends up this year undefeated and then goes to a P6 Bowl and at least performs well, um, I'd be surprised if he uh, did not have a legit job somewhere. Right. And Well, I was talking to you, you know, about that, and mm-hmm. basically – I mean, it just seems like clearly we both agreed that he would only leave for a P5 job. And and not dregs of P5. He's not going to Illinois. He's not going to Purdue. He's not going to a Maryland type. I mean, not that he's going to go to Maryland. He's not going to leave to go to a program But that's like the thing. That. Do you he's even gonna... think a program, let's say, you know, let's say Penn State for some reason gets rid of James Franklin. Penn State is not going to hire Marcus Freeman. No, no. They they will go to Fickle. They will go to Fickle or find someone else. They might try to rob someone who is overperforming in another P5 conference. So if, um, well, well, but like they hired James Franklin, he overperformed in a P5 conference. At Vandy. Yeah, yeah, at Vandy. But maybe there's someone, and I don't know who, maybe there's someone who like opens a bunch of eyes in the Big 12. And, Maybe. you know, a good example of this is, and it's not Penn State, but the dude who was, I, I should know the name, the dude who was the head coach of Temple, who went to Baylor Matt and Rule. really overperformed. That rule. And now he's in Carolina. Yeah, Carolina in the NFL, yeah. yeah. In the NFL. So, yeah, I mean, you know, Baylor is not Penn State in the grand scheme of football, but um, you get someone who's overperforming. Um Maybe to be fair, at one of the lesser. To be fair, he was overperforming in the American, and then he went to Baylor. Oh no, he overperformed in Temple. Yeah, yeah he overperformed at Temple too. I mean, he he's over. I mean, he's overperformed everywhere. No, he's I gone. get what you mean. I just think I just don't. I don't know how many top half P five jobs are trying to hire a G five coordinator. I know Marcus Freeman is great. No, I understand. No, no, I'm no. Just, now, if it, if it is the thing where somebody does hire Fickle away, I mean, that's where you go. Cincinnati. It's like, hey, Marcus Freeman, you want to be the head coach? And I'm pretty sure Freeman takes yeah. that job. So. Oh, I think he takes that heartbeat. Yeah. And I think, I mean, that's, I'm pretty sure that's a big reason why he stayed around this long is that in the case that Fickle went, Marcus Freeman would be the next guy up. Um, so, yeah, it's, you know, we'll see. But, how that goes. but so, so we also talked about prospectively if, if Freeman were to leave for a job, a head coaching job, mm. we talked about where do you think, uh, where do you think he might head? Who, Freeman? Or fickle. Yeah, we we talked about what jobs might be open coming up. Oh yeah, we were year. talking about uh, Virginia Tech, which yep. looks even clearer now after they just lost to Liberty at home. Oh, Liberty's good. Liberty's good. Liberty's good. But it's Virginia but, Tech but right. at home. Like you still let's you, you know, and they're four you, and you, three. You freeze though. You freeze though. I mean, Liberty's Liberty's doing something. I mean, just no, letting I mean, the bottle there. I don't know if he's cheating. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good but... point. Um, call, her, you know, <laughs> call them strippers or whatever. But, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, it was Virginia Tech and what was the other one we said? Pittsburgh. Virginia Tech, Pittsburgh. We didn't say Virginia. It, no, no, that's. I did not think that he would have an interest in that gig. Yeah. Um, and then I was speculating, and I have no idea, um, is Kentucky going to flush their coach, and would he want to go God, there? Just, that's where when you say the whole he's not going to go to Illinois or Maryland, he shouldn't go to Kentucky. <laughs> like, the thing with Virginia Tech and Pittsburgh is in the ACC, yes, you're fighting Clemson or whatever. But you can play to a point where you can play to that one shot against Clemson. Like, hey, leave it all out there. We got one shot against Clemson where it's not like the SEC where it's like, well, you know, you got to play, you know, if you're Kentucky, you got to play Georgia, Florida. You got to – now, you are in the SEC East, so it's a little easier. But at the end of the day, you got to play those two teams. You got to get through them. And you still have to play – Bama, even if you beat those two teams and you somehow make it to the SEC championship game, like and and you know, Missouri's not Free, a if Freeman, either, so. and if Freeman recruits at the level that Fickle is recruiting now, which let's say he's, um, you know, thirty, let's say twenty twenty two, in our best case scenario, we get thirty percent of them are four stars. <laughs> Good luck, and the rest are threes. The reality is, if Kentucky does that or a hair better. You're still going up against, frankly, mostly five stars and a handful of four stars. At, yeah, I mean, Georgia's um, had, like, the number one recruiting Bama, class. Bama, Georgia, Florida's now, you know, Florida's turned the corner. Offensive. Um, you know, I'm well, no, but, I mean, just from high profile, I mean, Florida's always going to be good. And in, in a head-to-head recruiting match, you know, Kentucky is one who would probably be fighting Cincinnati for recruits as compared to – the more prestige, uh, you know, SEC schools, right. the top Kentucky half of the Kentucky would SEC. be fighting, you know, Cincinnati, Michigan State, Iowa State, you know, that's who they would be fighting. I, I, I don't know if Freeman says, you know what, it's the SEC, I'll take that challenge just to say I'll get in the SEC. Because if I can overperform in James Franklin it, then maybe I can get some super high-profile Big Ten job. Maybe. But, yeah, I'm definitely maybe. the Virginia Tech pit. I mean, those would be pit. I think Pitt especially, those would be the ones to to look at uh, Marcus Freeman possibly going to. Um, and then and then the risky run is if Freeman bolts, um, what does our recruiting class look like? It, yeah, yeah. I don't think – I think if Fickle's around and the bulk of the balance of the staff is around, I don't think there'll be much runoff. And I also think that Fickle will have – um, frankly, his pick of the litter on who he wants as his defensive coordinator. I mean, it, it would be a fantastic job. And um, big shoes to you fill. Know, I, I, b- big shoes to fill, but you're telling me that Fickle, Fickle could do a deep dive. It'll pay well. And grand. I think you can, I think, uh, I think you'll find some people that really got, that are probably pretty good. I'm not going to say they're going to be Freeman good, but. I think we'll be okay, but we'll see. You know what? I, I am not gonna. I am not going to worry about what might happen next year. We are in an undefeated season. Yeah. Uh, having sat through the Tuberville era, it could be so much worse yeah. than it is now. And you know, it's go. It's fine. Enjoy it now. Yeah, definitely. Um, uh, winning is hard. Uh, being having success yes. is hard. I think that's something that Chad kind of beats that drum all the time is that winning is very hard and appreciate it while it's here because it's not going to be here forever as we yep. experience from, you know, 
well, 2015 and 16, but we saw it come. We what? saw it coming in 14. Uh, I think. Well, real quick, I just want to mention two last two last things because you know who was supposed to be Fickle's like defensive coordinator originally before he Vrabel. Vrabel, and it's like Jesus, that like, and I you know I know, I know he's coaching the Titans now. He's doing a pretty good job, except for uh, this past Sunday. Um, but. <laughs> Uh, so there's that. I mad. Yeah, no, neither mind. But uh, <laughs> I was watching the Miami Cincinnati game, Miami Florida Cincinnati game from 2015, where Cincinnati won 34-23 when Brad Kaya was a quarterback for Miami. Kaya, yes, he was sort of a sleeper. People were thinking he might have pro potential. Yeah, uh, and people were wrong. Yeah, you know they said uh, by Felicia. Um, so. They probably thought Gunnar Keel had pro potential too at that. Point. Oh my God! After the Ohio State game in 2014, they thought he was going to be a first round pick. Uh, I'm, I'm watching that game. It's like, yeah, you know, we won that game, but I'm just watching like the defense, and I'm, you know, I think that's when we were running that awful four two five from Hank Hughes, which was just the shittiest fucking defense ever. Um, so like, I'm watching that. It's like our guys look so slow. We look so small. And we're just getting blown off the ball. And the only reason we really won that game is because Miami, for some stupid reason, kept running it up the middle on like third and seven. Uh, and it's just like, man, like we've come a really long way. I mean, definitely they built that's the thing you gotta do is like you gotta get guys in the trenches because like if you don't like I think you can mask a lot of things if you have a really good offensive line, you have a really good defensive line, just because you know, if your quarterback has crazy amount of time, you know, receivers will get open. And on the flip side is like, if your secondary isn't very good, even though ours is amazingly good, then if the opposing quarterback doesn't have a lot of time, well, he can't hit his open receivers. Like it all kind of starts at that level. So, so yeah, I was just, I didn't watch the whole game. I was just watching bits and pieces and we just, it was just like, God, it looked like a damn high school team at some point. So, but yeah, but yeah, uh, I remember living. You know, we live in Florida, and there were a lot of Miami fans that were pissed. Um, you know, friends, and they're like, "This is a terrible loss. How do we lose that game?" Yeah. And it was. It was at the time that was a game that you sort of had hope that UC was going to like. Okay, we're all right. No, we were completely fooling ourselves. Yeah, because we were two and three the year before, and then we won seven in a row. We we won a share of the conference. And it was like, oh, and then we were two and two in 2015. And then we beat Miami. We're like, okay, we're going to get it rolling. We're going to get it rolling. And it was just like, nah, nah, we didn't. I mean, it was just like, you know, that was the year. That was the year. That was the year we beat Miami of Ohio, like 37, 33. And we turned it over like five times. It was just like, oh, God, what a, yeah, enjoy it. Enjoy it right now. We're, you know. We probably won't move up to five. Florida will probably jump us because they beat Georgia. But highest we've been ranked since 2009. And, you know, who knows? It could be another 11 years. Probably won't be. But it, it just, yeah, definitely enjoy the winning now because you never know when it'll be this good again. Uh, so yeah. Agreed. But, Agreed. yeah, I think, we can, I think we can leave it there. Um, next week is ECU. Hopefully we're having a similar conversation then. But talk to you later. Yeah. All right, man. Peace.